Hey guys, welcome to our newest episode of Untucked. Today we're going to talk about 401k rollovers and some of the common questions, concerns, and circumstances that we deal with um, in that particular situation. We're also going to discuss cards, holiday cards, thank you cards, birthday cards, and our personal feelings on them. Thanks for listening. The opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome to episode 92 of Untucked. This is Megan. And Mike here. This is Jeff. So Celsius has 100 degrees between water boiling and freezing. Are you both familiar with that? Yeah. Yes. So Celsius, zero is freezing, 100 is boiling. Mm -hmm. Fahrenheit has 180 degrees between freezing and boiling. 32 freezing, 212 or whatever that number is. Mm -hmm. Both scales have the same minus 40 value. Like they're minus 40 is minus 40 for both. <laughs> like zero is zero in Celsius. Yeah. It's 32 for Fahrenheit. But minus negative 40 is negative 40. I think that makes sense. Math-wise. There's, there's the probably math, some math. Like a break-even point or something? No, like if you go from 212 to 32... And right alongside of that, you go from 100 to zero, and then you keep going. It it probably is. I mean, like you're saying, it's 40. It's the same. It's the same temp. Minus 40 is what I mean. Minus 40. Right, but it would never. They never meet the same on the upside. Because it's 1.8 degree up in between. But then I guess if you negative it, the math works out though. At some point, they're going to intersect. Yeah. Cool. That was fun, huh? It's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. I even got a fact that he could like figure out the math on. And yeah. He's still yeah. not happy with it. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? Um, so since our last pod, the Eagles have lost two games, one of which the two of you predicted. Neither of you were pre- optimistic going into the Niners. I don't know how you were feeling going into the Cowboys, but. Can we just back up for a second? Because I believe I said the Niners are going to blow them out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. I think you both. Did you say two touchdowns? No, I, I think I had like One. 10 points okay. or something. Okay. But yeah. Uh, so what are, how are we feeling? Um, like I said to you guys, I think it's actually better that they've lost these games. They, they <clears throat> excuse me, they know they got to figure some major stuff out. They're not invincible. They're not the best team just because they're they were whatever. 13 and 1 2 weeks ago. 10 and 1. 10 and 1. Yeah. Um I mean to me the defense is the bigger concern even though they did not score a touchdown against the Cowboys. I think the defense is a bigger problem. And figure it out. And and by the way, we'll, we'll talk about this. Go ahead, Jeff. What do you got? I think the Eagles should be very concerned. 
What's uh, sports talk? Yeah, radio what's WIP thing? saying? I'm not really sure. Oh, because they're, they're all over the place. Like it's yeah. get rid of Jalen Hurts. Oh. It's um, they're still a good team. They're ten and three. They control their own destiny. Um, and then there's a lot of excuses like, well, they played three games in twelve days or ten, whatever it was. And I I buy a little bit of all of that. Like I think. As an organization, they have a problem right now. Like Jalen Hurts isn't playing well. The offense isn't playing well. The defense isn't playing well. The play calling is bad. The coaching is bad. Like I think it's a mixture. Their schedule was really effed up, like the way that it all fell out. Um, and it's not better. Like now they got to fly to Seattle to play on Monday night. Like, okay, like that's just a really crappy schedule. So I think it's a little bit of all that. Um, so I'm like significantly concerned because they were flying so high and then just got punched in the teeth twice. And I think that can kind of rattle a team. I'm optimistic because I feel like if there's a team that has enough veterans and leaders that can kind of rally the troops and get them back on track, I think it's the birds with Lane Johnson, with Jason Kelsey, um, with those types of players, I think that they can, they can write the ship, but they should be like locked in a room. The players, I mean, like looking each other in the, in the face saying like, you got to pick it up. You got to pick it up. I got to pick like, and owning these losses to turn it around. Cause I think they have the talent. Absolutely. Like that Dallas game, dude, turned the ball over three times Three times on their way to get points too. It wasn't like yeah. it was a turnover at their own 40. AJ Brown, Devonte Smith dropping balls that are landing yeah. in their laps, dude. Like if any, if if half of those Happened went differently, yeah. like we we like we had a legitimate chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. So, but I look at the Niners and they are just rolling people, man, rolling people. The Eagles have a chance to get it right, get their attitude, get their headspace right, and if they do that, they're going to be the team that we saw in the beginning of the year. If they don't, they're going to fold, and we're going to like get knocked out of the playoffs on the first game we play. Yeah, I think if they show up in Seattle and don't play really well, then I'll I'm with you. That that problem, um, DefCon Four here. Like I, just, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I didn't think good. it was going to happen against Dallas. I thought they were going to go into Dallas as hard as it is to beat a division opponent twice in one year. I did not think they were going to lose that way. Like I put like ten how? bucks on the bird to win. The birds to win outright. Didn't happen. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm not going to say anything that hasn't already been said. I think Seattle matters not just because of the game and the outcome, but like to see how they respond. And if they go in there and make a statement, then I think there's no reason to believe they can't use what is it like Arizona and the Giants to get their shit together before the playoffs. Um, you know, if you get a little help from the Bills and they beat Dallas, I mean, like things could be fine with a little wrinkle here. But if they play <laughs> the way they've been, like if there's not obviously a, a significant change, then shit's just going to get uglier. But even like going back to the Chiefs game, right? They they got lucky there. The Chiefs, the refs were. The refs made some really bad calls that went the Eagles' way. Yeah. The Chiefs made some stupid plays. 
And I feel like the, there's a couple other games this year where the Eagles ended up winning, but barely. And they had to kind of, I don't remember which ones they were, but I feel like they, they did, even though they stood at 10 and one at the time. And I know that you're going to say, well, your record is your record. That's how, who you are. No, but, but nothing's been easy. It was, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a 10 and one performance. No, and I think that's Jeff's point, right? Like you, you watch the way that the Niners are just beating up on people, yeah. and that hasn't been the case. The outcome is the outcome, you know. Like I'd, I'd rather win an ugly gaze game than lose a pretty one. But like, it, I guess there's a point in the season when those things start to add up, and it's Catch probably up. just coming back to bite them. Yeah. I mean, they beat the Washington Commanders by seven points. They beat the Cowboys by five, and the Cowboys had an ch- opportunity to win that game. They lost it. They snuck out a win against the Chiefs, 21-17. They beat the Bills in overtime. Those were the games leading up to the last two we just played. Yeah. And then they got dick-stomped and then dick-stomped. <laughs> like two in a row. I'm sorry, I don't have a better terminology yeah. than what just happened. Yeah. And yeah, they need, to, they need to win out and hope San Francisco loses a game, and then they, they have the number one seed. And they should. Like, they should go to Seattle and beat the living daylights out of Seattle. Like, like they should be like a two-touchdown winner. I think they will be, honestly. I really do. I think they're going to go to Seattle. As hard as it is to go across the country and then play in Seattle, if they don't destroy them, then they, this team has no backbone, is, is my opinion. Because they're either playing with a hurt Geno Smith or some freaking no-name dude. <laughs> no-name. They should go in and destroy them. And then it's like... Beat the Giants and and Guido McGuitz a lot. Whoever that whoever is like their quarterback, Devito, yeah. Guido Guido Devito, and then beat friggin' the Cardinals and then beat the Giants again. Like they went out. If they don't beat Seattle, man, I I I don't have a lot left for them this season. I'll watch in the playoffs yeah. if you make it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I think it's a legitimate stance. Like they don't show up against Seattle. We know who they are. Yeah. I kind of agree. I mean, I'm not as anti-birds <laughs> as you, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll find out on Monday. Ugh. That flex Monday. sucks. Yeah. Monday, 8.30? Can Come we get on. A, a 1 o'clock on a Sunday or a no. 4 o'clock? No. This is, if we're going to go silver linings, them getting, like, going back to normal or average and then the schedule reflecting that. Wouldn't hate it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think if they can get into the playoffs and we get like a healthy, angry Jalen Hurts, like let's let's do it. Let's go on a run in January. What we have anything else in Philly sports? I mean the fly guys are having a nice little run, aren't they? They're playing okay. I mean they're hanging Second in. place in the division, I think. They're playing all right. I mean they're they're slightly above average so far, I'd say. Like, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs in the end, but like we talked about before, they're going to end up in the middle. And the silver lining, I guess, is that they're trying to teach these young guys how to play the right way. And so far, a lot of them are. But, like, there's four, maybe three or four guys who are not producing the way they should. And if they did they would actually be like winning more than they are. Um, but will there be a point in the season? Let's say the flyers make the playoffs mm-hmm. 
Will you be excited about them in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. You will. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But not not nothing really to say about it other than yeah, there are a few games over 500. They're you know, they're playing all right. I don't know if you guys want to get into this, but Aaron Nola signed an extension and he's he's a Philly for the long raw, long haul. Yeah, he took less money too. Yeah. To stay in Philly. It's cool. I have like six or seven more Phillies points if you want to get into it. Nope, that. that's good. It's not the season. Okay. Um Sixers are um playing all right. Mm-hmm. Like fifteen and some. Season's been a like this part of the schedule has been a little bit brutal because they're playing shitty teams. Um like they played Atlanta, they played Washington, who they'll beat by like 30. They play the Pistons, who haven't won a game in 20 games this weekend. So it's not like a particularly entertaining part of the schedule. Um, Joe is averaging more points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks than he was in his MVP year last year, (laughs) Uh, which is nuts. I saw a stat with Joel as far as like 50 game, 50 plus point games. And it was like the list was Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Joe. And Joe, Lee. yeah. Something about centers. Um, like I know that you can build a stat to put anyone in favor, but the fact that you built the stat and he's with those two guys, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to – this is a little bit of a tangent. I went to a college basketball game last weekend. So it was University of Kentucky, which is – I think at the time they were like sixth in the country. And they played Penn. Um, anybody who says college basketball is a better product than the NBA is delusional. I agree with you 100%. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I watch, and neither of you have ever said this to me, so I'm maybe speaking into a void, but like, I watch a lot of NBA, so I feel like I can maybe be biased, but <laughs> oh my God. So, but, that, go ahead, Mike. And all, all I will say is like, but that applies for every college sport, football. Um, yes. Like every every college sport is vastly inferior to the professional version. But you know, the people come March Madness who are like, oh, well, they play defense in college. Right. Like the bullshit, like it's, I can't even put into words. And University of Kentucky probably has like legitimately four to five guys who will go to the league. It's not like Penn where they're going to be lawyers and doctors. Like these kids are going to play professional basketball in the next five years. And still, if you enjoy college basketball more than the NBA, (laughs) you're you're insane. So there's this old school of thought that is like uh, NBA – it's just on offense. Give it to the one guy. Everybody clear out to yeah. the other side and let him score. That's a person that's never watched a full NBA game. Does that happen sometimes? Mm. Of course it does. Do they run plays? Yeah. Like nine times out of ten down down the court. Unless you're a Doc Rivers coach team. Right. I digress. <laughs> but they do play defense in the NBA. They do have offensive plays. And they make every open jumper and 50% of contested jumpers that they take. College basketball? It's unwatchable, dude. <laughs> even even the March Madness. Like, you yeah, get the yeah. 64 best teams. Yeah. They're terrible. Yeah. 
And I don't care how That's many why, guys yeah. on Kentucky are going to the NBA. Right. They still stink as a right. team collectively. They stink, dude. And they're not going to be of that caliber until they've been in the league for however many yep. years. If they last that long in the league. Like, the percentage of basketball, like, and pr- any professional player, right, who makes it and has a career, which is the result of what we watch every day, it's minute. And, and for somebody to be like, yep, college, I, I just – and it was fun. Like the game was enjoyable. I, I think from a from a spectating standpoint, like I can enjoy that. What I can't understand is how somebody would prefer this over the the league. It's but. definitely a different game. Right? It's a it's, completely different game. It's a more of a team sport, I would say, when I watch college basketball. Not Kentucky. I feel like there's a and I'm sorry to interrupt. I think there's a tier of team the top five to ten where it's not because they're right. all one and dunners like they're all playing as freshmen and then hoping to go to the league yeah. the next year <clears throat> but i just mean like the the game that they play the defense that they play the offense they play it's more there is no one person that kind of like runs the show yeah because there is no superstar yeah um what else was i going to say on that but if you want to watch um Guys like dribbling the ball off their foot, throwing a pass to absolutely no one, diving out of bounds because the ball bounced off your your teammate's knee, missing open layups and shots. Like, yeah, watch college basketball. You'll love it. Sorry for all those college basketball players. Meg, you were one of them. Yeah. Uh, But. Yeah. Okay. We good on sports? Yeah. Yeah. So today for Coach's Corner, um, we're going to talk about a pretty specific topic. Um, Some of the more common questions we get um, revolve around what happens to my 401k if I change jobs or if I retire, for example. And we thought today would be a good time to maybe discuss um, the options, maybe what prompts something like that, the options that you have, and some considerations um, that, that you should have in mind. Okay. Um, so I would say we deal with this in, in those maybe two specific examples with some of our younger clients. It's switching jobs and, you know, what do I want to do with my old 401k from my former employer? And then we also deal with clients who are retiring and not going to go back to work, but have obviously accumulated assets in their 401k. So what do we do then? Um, you want to take the former first? We'll start with maybe the younger client base. Sure. <clears throat> So if you get a new job, you have the option to maintain the 401k in the plan held by your former employer. Um, in all cases? No. So okay. some plans do require you at certain points in time to move it. But we'll consider that kind of option number one. Option number two would be to roll it into the new employer-sponsored plan. So your new employer has a 401k and you're able to combine the two. So that's option number two. And then option number three would be to roll it. And I'm saying the word roll it. A rollover is a tax-free transaction. You can then roll it into an IRA or an individual retirement account um, in which you then would be self-directing essentially the investment piece of it. Um, So how do we want to break it down? I can't imagine that there are many companies that would have an employee that left and would still allow them to keep that 401k administered under their roof 
when the employee employee doesn't work there anymore. We see really? it a lot. Yeah, I think that's fairly common. Actually. I mean, I I sit with people who come with three four hundred one ks. Yeah, they're just three legacy. They've, they've it's never crazy done anything with them. It's yeah. crazy to me. Uh, there's a, I could probably and maybe I should have prepared, but there's a pretty like staggering stat about the amount of abandoned assets now. Not meaning that people don't know about them, but that they're no longer attached to their current employment. So leaving it in the in your former employer's plan yep. makes absolutely no sense to me. From the standpoint of you're 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 married to only the options in that plan. And if you're lucky, you have an employer that uses like a fidelity or a vanguard that allows you like the whole host of what they have. Very few employers have that. Mm -hmm. Maybe like the AstraZeneca's of the world, like these huge companies. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe you keep the benefit of um, like loans Borrowing. from it. Yeah. No, you have to be employed. You have to be with that employer yep. to be able to take loans from it. So that doesn't help you. And then the fact that it's just hanging out there, right? The The chance of... Not forgetting about it, but not being it as attentive to it because it's not your active investment plan. Yeah, no one's making a match contribution there. Mm -hmm. Like, there's I don't see any real driving. I reason. see zero benefit to it. You're to also you're yeah. also losing focus on the entire picture because you've not, you've now got a new four hundred one k that's getting contributions and you know what am I invested in or is it is it you know, is there overlap? Is there? Am I missing certain asset? Whatever it is, like there's a. There, I don't see a single benefit to keeping it where it is if you change jobs. Okay, I'm sorry. I found the stat. Good. <laughs> As of May 2023, there are an estimated 29.2 million abandoned 401k accounts holding approximately 1.65 trillion in assets. So it doesn't mean the person forgot about them. No. They're just not employed there anymore. Correct. Like over a trillion dollars in assets. left in old yes. 401ks. Wow. We agree that maintaining a previous employer's 401k in that 401k plan makes no sense. Zero sense. Yep, I agree. So then the second option is combining. So taking mm -hmm. old 401k and any qualified plan assets and putting it into your new qualified plan. Keeps things simple. I would tend to think that generally rolling it out of the 401k and into an actual IRA account allows you far more options than any 401k plan is going to give you. It also allows you easier access to getting direct help from a professional on that account, whereas it's much harder to get it competent help on your on a employer sponsored 401k plan so like i think i mean i still think that it's it's far more advantageous to roll it into an ira than combine it with your um your new plan if you combine it with your new plan you're allowed to borrow against it yep which is, I guess, a good thing. But if you're, if you're it's borrowing a, against if you're your borrowing 401k, against it, it's not a good thing. Like, I mean, right, that's almost right. like a if you need like a really short term like cash infusion for something that's going to be replaced. Okay, I guess. If you're in a position where you're borrowing from your 401k, it means you don't have a, you don't you didn't even build up an emergency fund right. for yourself. So I can't imagine that that's like if that is your incentive. That's probably not a good thing. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. If your incentive uh, is, well, I may need this money like in the next five years and borrow from it at whatever rate, which is like basically zero. Yeah. Um, I want to have that in my back pocket. That just means you probably don't have like the most, um, it probably means you don't have like the best financial plan out there. Yes. So I think if you're looking for sophistication, and I use that word loosely, the IRA makes sense. If we're looking at it strictly from an organization standpoint and making sure that there is an awareness of accounts and combining it is easy. Like it checks that box because you're not worrying about, again, we're using the term abandoned accounts. Um, Okay, so keep it in the old plan combine it with the new plan or roll it over into an IRA. So the big thing we've talked about is losing the ability to loan against it. So that is a provision that is only allowable with qualified plans, not IRAs. So let's talk about the IRA vehicle itself. Can I back up for one yeah. second? I would say the the other reason I would roll it into, an employ- into your new 401k is if you say to yourself, if I put it in an IRA, like, I'm not going to manage it. I'm not going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to hire anybody to do it. You can keep it in the new 401k. Most of them allow you to dictate the allocation, have it rebalance automatically once a year. So you can get it to be at least, I'll use air quotes, like managed and rebalanced. I shouldn't say managed, rebalanced without having to like put any thought into it. Okay. So let's talk about the IRA itself. It's an individually owned account. You have a beneficiary designation on it. And then the platforms in which you would create this are mostly self-directed unless you're working with a professional. Um, So in terms of the investment options, you have... The world. Access to anything and everything. Mm -hmm. But as Jeff's saying, it is your responsibility, assuming you're not working with anybody, to make those investment decisions. Or you're going to pay someone to do it for you. Uh, what other scenario where an IRA can work, and this is a kind of a specific scenario, but let's say that this person has no cash emergency fund available and something's coming up and they're, it, it's going to take a month for them to get like a HELOC that they didn't have or something. You can take money out of your IRA, use it to, for whatever the purpose was, put it back within 60 days without any penalty. You wouldn't be able to do that in a 401k. No. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a little bit of a specific scenario, but that's like. We've done that work. a ton. Yeah. I've done that with clients a ton. It's just, it's the most stressful thing that we do the that, I, that I've yeah. done is when they say, look, look, I'm selling my house, yeah. but I need the money to buy the new house. My house will sell. I'm like, if your house doesn't sell and you don't get the money and get it back into your IRA in 60 days, you're going to pay tax on $250,000. It stresses me out so much. Yeah. I should make them sign disclosures that say, like, I told them, like, <laughs> it has to be back in 60 days. Um, so I mentioned the rollover. So the actual, the act of these transactions going from assuming a pre-tax vehicle to another pre-tax vehicle, all of that is, th- there's no taxable event. It doesn't create taxes. An option you do have is if you're rolling over, you can convert pre-tax dollars to Roth, which would create a taxable event. So that's another scenario. The Roth falls under the IRA umbrella. So it's another 
self-directed account. It's just the type of tax treatment it receives at the beginning or for the life of it. Um, we see this, as I mentioned at the beginning, a lot with younger clients in the case of switching jobs. And the organization aspect of either combining or rolling over into the IRA is nine times out of 10 the direction that we go, especially if they're working with us, then the IRA that we can help them manage is the most appealing vehicle. Um, later in life, when we get to a point where it's you're retiring, the rollover into the IRA then allows access to your funds so you're able to kind of supplement your lifestyle with the investments that you've that you've saved yeah no i think it's a, i think doing the ira is almost a no-brainer unless you have some very specific purpose to not but it allows you to most people don't have a whole lot saved up outside of 401ks mm -hmm. so it allows you to number one now have an account that you can direct and you can manage and you can see if it's something that you like to do something that you're good at, something you can emotionally detach yourself from and manage properly, or you'll find out soon enough, like, no, like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I should hire someone to do this. I think it gives a lot of people the opportunity to kind of start that discussion, start that kind of education for themselves on how investing works and how I should do it and what to do and, and how to do it. So I think it's a good start for that. And then as we've seen, People change jobs very often, so it allows mm -hmm. you to now have a portal to kind of take all that money when you jump when you jump jobs a couple times. Yeah, and I'll just one final thing back to your your stat, Meg. It just really really shows you how how many people put organizing their finances at the bottom of priority list of the things that they're spending their time on or checking a box on. It's just amazing. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of people might look at it and say, I, mean, I gotta fill out paperwork and I'll get around to it. It's not a big deal. I know it's there. But um, that organization or lack of organization is, is probably just one aspect of a lot of other things that they have to attend to that, that they haven't. So, yep. Pay attention to your 401ks. Roll it. <laughs> um, okay, we good? Yep. Um, so today, the rest of today, we're going to talk about cards in all different capacities. So it's that time of year when gifts are given with cards attached or holiday cards are mailed out or thank you cards are sent for gifts you've been given or all of the above. Uh, today, we'll just talk about um, our personal habits as it relates to card exchange and anything we think or wish would change. <laughs> you had a, Jeff, I'm very a lot against, of strong I'm, opinions about this. I'm, I'm against thank you cards. I just don't, I, I don't feel that they are necessary whatsoever. We have a 15, a 15 year old birthday party for my son. People come over, this didn't happen, but like this has happened and people come over, they bring gifts, myself, my wife, we treat people to food and drink and entertainment. They give gifts to our son. I say it. My wife says it. My son says thank you to that person that gave the gift, treated them to food and drink, sent them out the door when the party was over. 
I now have to send a follow-up thank you, handwritten by the 15-year-old boy. Hey, <laughs> John, Sally, thank you so much for the NFL jersey. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't find it necessary whatsoever. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on birthday cards? On birthday cards. Yeah. I'm, I just, I feel like let's get clear on it. Like if I'm wait, giving my wife a gift. The thank you note, though. So does a wedding, same thing with a wedding. Same thing in a wedding. Okay. You literally go around to every table and thank everyone for coming. I got to now send you another note that says thank you on top of my thank you. Okay. So yeah. there's not a situation in which thank you cards make sense to you. I don't think they make sense. If I feel compelled because someone did something very nice for me, I will absolutely send a thank you card. So my, yeah, that's maybe where I shake out. Um, I've been to a lot of bachelorette parties, for example, and like one person or two people take the majority of the planning, the work onto their shoulders. And I've made it a habit when we get back from a weekend to just send them a thank you note. And it's because they did more than was more did more than anyone else, and they kind of again took on more responsibility. I think there are cases in which thank you cards make sense. It's appropriate, totally appropriate. Um, I think weddings are one of those. <laughs> so Jeff, you would be probably opposed to thank you notes for the thank you note. Like, and go back to the person. Like, thank you for sending that thank you note. It's very thoughtful of you. People do that? No, I'm making it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm against that yeah. as well. So birthday cards. If I give someone a gift, depending on the person, I will get a thank you. I will get a birthday card. Sure. Okay. If you give Christmas gifts, you give a Christmas card. If I give Christmas. No. Okay. A so Christmas card? Yeah. So like I give you a gift. Yeah. And there's I, a and card. And I get like it. an actual like Hallmark card? Yeah. I have like the little like two, I have a stack from yeah, yeah I have a stack of like the Christmas I wouldn't call them cards yeah the labels they're like labels or like just like a it's blank like to Jeff or to Megan from Jeff what about Christmas mailers we haven't done them <laughs> we don't do them so like the family Christmas cards yeah now we get like probably 35 of them a year I have a list of all the people that's and their addresses in case we ever decide to do Christmas cards but we haven't to date, send out a Christmas card. All right, where did the trainers we, shake out? We did, like every year with the kids. I think we stopped two to three years ago. I just had enough. We just sent out like 100 of them. It's a lot. So are you anti? Or have you become anti? Become anti. Yeah. Um, I actually like getting them. Yeah, like the pictures of the I like, family and stuff. I've literally seen my one buddy from grade school, his kids grow up through their Christmas cards. Yeah. Because I don't go on Facebook. I don't see them. I don't, he doesn't post on Instagram, yeah. which is the only social media I use. So, uh, yeah, I get to see their kids grow up through their Christmas cards. Do you get, like, the, the one pager, mm. the entire page, which details everything that happened that year to that family? We have I a don't. couple of those. I think that's kind of cool, though. Ugh. Especially if I don't it's, see them or talk to them that much. It, it's, it's cringy. I, w I wouldn't hate it. What about birthday cards? I'm a, I'm anti. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I get them. I mean, I still get like I, I mean, I buy them. I go into the Hallmark store and I, store and I can't believe the variety of things that they sell. Card people buy cards for. I can't believe how bad they are. They're awful. 
Every every category of card. Thank you, birthday, anniversary, Mother's Day. They're all. I look at the front. I'm like, oh, that's probably going to be a funny one. And no, I open. I'm like, no. so it's like stupid. Yeah. They're terrible. Big blank card girly. <laughs> Just has like a nice floral print on the front. Nothing inside. Make it what you need it to be. Birthdays, thank yous. I'm thinking of you. Because hmm. Hallmark is terrible. And they're like $8. They're, like $8. I know. they're right. insanely expensive for a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, half a piece of paper. Yeah. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Now yeah. that I'm thinking about it, like giving my wife a card for her birthday, I usually write like some kind of note. It's probably the same note every year. I don't even realize it. Um, which is, but like I could just maybe like write it on a piece of paper. Like my kids write her a note on her birthday. Like you're the greatest mom. Like, and, but it's really nice. It doesn't have to be in a card that you dropped seven dollars on. No, or it could be in a card that is blank that you have a hundred of. Yeah, and you just personalize it however it's you want. So we grew up. This is probably my mom. Um, card happy, right? Card for every occasion. Um, so much so that I remember I was. I'm not going to say pressured, but I don't know the other word. I had to give an anniversary card to them on their anniversary. Not had to, but I, we did because it was kind of expected. To your parents? Yeah. Yeah. It's not your anniversary. It's I their know. anniversary. <laughs> That's my point. I can't wait to talk to Ronnie about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there, like a lot of this can, can, we can be done with. We're never going to be. There's always going to be a camp of card givers. And it's just going to make the non-card givers look bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, in in my wife's side of the family, there was like a thirtieth um, birthday party or fortieth birthday party for one of her cousins, or yeah, one of her cousins. And I I remember like Melissa's mom calling her like, "Did you did you get a thank you card from Matthew?" And she's like, "No, I didn't, mom." Oh, like I just can't believe like so now like people get upset now that mm-hmm. they don't get thank you cards, mm-hmm. even though they got a thank you for coming to my party. Thank you for being here. I don't know. Blows my mind. Yeah. And now after this conversation, I think I'm changing my tune on birthday cards. I think I'm done. (laughs) Good. That was our plan. Good. Mission accomplished. (laughs) Okay. Let's get into the top five. Yep. Top five movies or shows based around music. You want me to go first? Sure. All right. I have um, Yesterday, the movie. Didn't see it. What's that Is that the Beatles one? Yeah. Oh. You haven't seen it? Is it old? I think it's probably within the last five to ten years. Mm -hmm. Oh. No. It's worth a watch. Okay. Yeah. It's the Beatles one. Okay. Uh, Eight Mile, of course. Yeah, I have that on my list, too. Uh, Ray. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Did you see Ray, Mike? No. Uh, Another one worth a watch. Okay. Won't oversell it. Uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. Yep. Good show. I think it's like based upon... Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I would probably say my number one is Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Queen. Yeah. The Queen movie. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. With the guy with the teeth. Yeah. 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 Didn't love that. 
didn't love that movie. Like when I say, and I'm not a like a huge Queen fan. Yeah. Loved the movie. Yeah. Okay. Good list. I guess, but that was one of the ones that I was unsure of application. It was a movie. It wasn't yeah. a documentary. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mine are a little bit older. I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say. If you say Greece, I'm walking out. Oh God. <laughs> I've got um, School of Rock. That's a good. I one. never saw it. Oh, oh, it's good. It's good. Jack Black, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's nuts. Yeah. But it's good. I've got um, the Blues Brothers. It's a great one. A little older. Never seen it. You don't even know what that is. Um, this one, I'm not sure if you guys know, but it's hilarious. Flight of the Concords. That's a show. It's a it's show. A show. It's yeah. a series. Okay. But Is it revolve around music? Yeah, they were okay. both. They, they had the two of them had silly, idiotic songs that are hilarious. Yep. Okay. Like a sitcom? No, not a sit. Um, kind of like a Dave Chappelle show, right? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. A little bit. Like, a like sketch. skits. Yeah. Okay. Sketches. Yeah. Okay. New, New Ze- couple New Zealanders. Um, Okay. I've got how many is that? Three? Yeah. Um Love how he uses pads. Purple Rain. Ooh. Little little Prince. Um, Prince. Prince, yeah. 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 And then um on my number one slot, you guys I don't know if you'll know this one. The commitments. Don't know it. Nope. It's a nineteen nineties, circa nineteen nineties. Um uh a really hilarious movie about a bunch of misfits near outside of Dublin, Ireland, and they got together and they just played like bluesy kind of music. Interesting. It, it's good. It's worth watching. Okay. Well, I have a question about one that I just thought of, but it might be on your list, so I won't use it. Okay. Um, Coco, hmm. the Disney Pixar. Oh, it's so good. You'll cry your eyes out. It's so good. Is it about like, a bird? No, it's um, it's like a, a Mexican family uh, who has a lineage of music that they ban from their youngest getting into because of their great grandfather's experience. I mean, it's and the music in it is awesome. Okay. Um, Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. I know. I knew you were going to roll your eyes, yeah, but I can't so help. <laughs> uh, I had Eight Mile, The Greatest Showman. I thought about that one because it's a really good one. It's so good. Yeah. The music is Hugh, not Hugh, Hugh, Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Huh. He yeah. plays um, Barnum, Barnum and Bailey. Yeah. Plays one of them, uh, one starting of them. circuses, but it's quasi musical. And then Pitch Perfect, obviously. Okay. Yeah, I thought of that one. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. See ya. See ya.